The mailbag is back open, this time to answer questions about which 10-day player Miami might keep next season if Caleb Martin could be part of the playoff rotation and the one move necessary to put the Heat among the top tier of championship contenders in the NBA. All that and more coming up next. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Friday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. However, you may be listening on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. I'm David Ramil, and with me as always is my co-host Wes Goldberg. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. We are recording this episode, the part two of a two-part mailbag on Wednesday, just before Miami takes on the Portland Trailblazers. If you didn't check out part one of the mailbag episode, make sure you do that. That dropped late Tuesday. It's a great episode, great questions, of course, as always, but we had so many. We just had to find a way to make a second episode out of this. So that's what today's episode is all about. So here, let's launch right into it, Wes. The first question comes in from Narayanan. He asks, even the most optimistic fan in me feels that the Miami Heat, even when healthy, and then in parentheses, says not counting Oladipo, are a tier below the Suns slash Nets slash Dubs slash Bucks. What one move trade or addition do you think puts them legitimately in that level? That's a great question there. It is. It's a great question, and I love talking trades. You know that. Uh, the listeners Absolutely. know that. But uh, I will say this. we got to put the Jazz in that conversation, too. We keep sleeping on the Jazz as legit contenders. They're in that conversation as well. Uh, okay. I think the Heat are very clearly a cusp below that group. Those, to me, are the real championship contenders. Now, the Heat, those are teams that have, like, arguably either, you know, top five or six guys, which I think you still need that kind of player to win the yep. title. Um, or in Utah's case, they're just so friggin' deep. There's so much chemistry on that team. They're so well coached. Like even when you talk about chemistry and depth, even more so than what Miami has, I think you have a guy in Donovan Mitchell who can reach that kind of level uh, in the postseason and is maybe reaching that level right now. And Rudy Gobert playing at an MVP level. So anyway, with the Heat doing doing what they're doing, they're still not healthy. I think when they're fully healthy, still a cusp below that. But they're give just like in 2019, 2020. All you kind of need to do is give yourself a chance because to answer the question, David, I don't think there is a trade that the Heat can realistically make this season that puts them over the top, right? I know that we love to talk about guys, you know, five through 15 on the roster, but at the end of the day, how are you getting one of those top five or six guys on the Heat this season? It's just not happening. None of those guys are available, right? Like, is Steph, LeBron, Kevin Durant, like, are these guys, Giannis, Jokic, you know, are, are any of these guys getting traded? No. And so I, the only name that I could think of is Damian Lillard. I don't see him getting traded in the middle of the year. And I think, so I I do think that if, if you're Miami, all you could do is the same thing you did the season during the bubble is, Hey, make some moves, bolster your depth, fix whatever weaknesses you think you can, that that you have at the trade deadline on the buyout market. And then go into the postseason and give yourself the best chance possible. It just takes one injury. Brooklyn is an injury away from not being nearly as dangerous as they are. As we're recording this, they're playing their first game this season with Kyrie Irving, and he can only play road games. One one injury to, to the Bucks does them in, too, and then all of a sudden a window opens for Miami to at least get back to the finals. And then once you're there, who knows what can happen, right? And so, 
yeah, that's the path, not a trade. That said, well, let, let me, do you agree with that in general? I think so. Uh, I, I'm kind of more of a bigger believer in Miami's overall depth and their ability to contend with some of those guys. I think you have your top five players, the ones that you mentioned, and the variance is significantly higher for the, one of those teams. Like a team like Net, the Nets, for example. When you have a KD who can go off for 50, who, as P.J. Tucker has said on a number of occasions, you're not going to stop. It's just about making things more difficult for him. Your chances of success, you know, maybe it's a little bit overstated. The, 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 I think the idiom that everybody remembers when it comes to the playoffs is the team with the best player is often the one who's going to win. Yeah. Maybe that's the case more often than not. I think also with Miami, you, you can get a great performance like that out of Jimmy. And, and it's the same argument I made when they were facing the Lakers. They had the best two players on the roster in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But three through ten, most of those spots were going to be filled with Miami players. Had Goran Dragic and Bama Bio State healthy, I still liked Miami's chances going up against that more talented team. So, you know, take away all the X factor of the bubble and everything else. It's hard to separate whether or not Miami might have been able to find a way to knock those teams off and might find a way to knock those teams off this year as well. So, I don't know. It's it's an interesting question. It really is. I, I understand you your think point. That, and I think- uh, uh, because I think about like that 2014 Spurs team, right? That knocked off the more talented Heat team. There's a lot Absolutely. of things going into that, but let's get remove the sure. noise for a minute. Do you think a team like those Spurs could still win in today's NBA where there are so many super teams? Because back then it was basically just the Heat that was a super team yeah. back then. Now you've got you have one in Brooklyn. I don't know. I, I think you have so much depth what now in that Phoenix, Western though? Conference. I mean, we're kind of looking at Phoenix. They don't have a top five guy. Is there a top ten guy? Yeah, maybe CP that's or Devin and maybe Utah too, right? I think maybe right. that's it. Yeah, maybe it's a team like that. Is is my so look? I mean, the Suns went to the finals last year and they lost in in six games to Milwaukee, who have that guy. Right. So could a team like Phoenix actually win it? A team like Utah, a team like Miami. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what the answer is. I, I kind of think yes. I, I just, I don't see any reason why the door would just shut all of a sudden on that kind of thing. I mean, you could, yeah, I, I would think yes. And I think all you got to do again is give yourself a chance. And if Miami wins this year or wins anytime soon with this basic roster, it would be more like those Spurs teams than it was the Heat teams that won during the LeBron era, right? Right. Um, I think there's they're well coached enough. There's enough yeah, depth. Sure. I think they have a guy in Jimmy Butler whose game is tailor-made for the postseason. We saw that in the bubble. We've seen that every year that he's been in the playoffs, quite other than last year, honestly. But um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm not dismissing their ability to beat those teams. I just think that any objective observer would say, right. okay, they're obviously a cusp below these teams, but that doesn't mean that they can't beat them. I just think when you look at them in a vacuum on paper, whatever, yeah, yeah. those teams are outperforming Miami right now. And the part of the question here that's such an important caveat is the one that we can't dismiss, too. You know, he puts in parentheses without Oladipo, not counting Oladipo. It's like, well, that's kind of what makes or breaks Miami season to a large degree is that he could provide such an incredible unforeseen boost to this roster. But if you're looking at purely just from a, 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 a transactional point of view, is there a move that could be made on the fringes to build this up? And I look at this roster, and honestly, we're seeing this with the past 10-day contracts, the two-way guys, all the players stepping up on the end of the bench. And we're making arguments for why a third-string center that didn't even belong in the roster in the first place is all of a sudden a potential playoff starter. And that's kind of overstating it. But at the same time, I think that's where a lot of people are seeing him continue to improve. And I'm talking, of course, of Omer Yurtseven. But looking at this roster... I don't see any glaring weaknesses. You can make right. a case that 
all of a sudden the ball handler position has been improved because of Gabe Benson. And you're going to get a boost again, in theory, if Victor Oladipo comes back. You have wing defenders, again, in Caleb Martin, who we've seen guard Steph Curry and do a pretty good job at such. And then Victor Oladipo comes in and provides that as well. Now, all of a sudden you've got front court depth. That's questionable. But if Markeith Morris is able to come back to even a shade of what he was before, all of a sudden you've got three centers and a pretty good core there with P.J. Tucker, Morris, a guy like Struess who can fill in on occasion. Caleb Martin has filled in there too. I mean, Jimmy can play that position. I don't I mean, know that where would be, the weakness is. I guess if you had, I agree exactly. I agree with everything you're saying. If you had to point to one area, if you had to, right. I would say still the front court. I think it, you know, maybe if you can get somebody on the buyout market, some more uh, of a, a veteran presence, whoever. Yeah, Thad Young would be a, a good addition. You know, even we keep making Marquise Morris out like that guy. He's the lesser of the Morris twins there. I mean, it's not like he is now. Yeah. It's not like he's done a whole lot in the postseason in his career, right? Uh, if you could, if you could bolster that group behind PJ Tucker and, and Bam Adebayo, I think uh, you'd be better served for it in the postseason. But as far as big name, I, I don't know that that young gets you to that level of Milwaukee or Brooklyn, man. I don't. I mean, I'm not saying you don't do it. I don't think anybody would have said that, hey, adding Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder two years ago would have gotten you to the finals. But without Absolutely. that, uh, those acquisitions, they don't make it that far, probably. You got it. And so, um, yeah, I think the Heat are going to be open to making a move. But let's talk. Let's 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 kind of ask a new question here, really quick. I mean, if if you fall sh- more short than where you wanted to go in the postseason with your Miami this year, health or whatever the reason is. Do you feel like maybe you have to push the chips in and go get one of those dudes? Like, if Damian Lillard is really available, do you just put everything on the table to try and go get him and pair him with a Jimmy Butler and maybe a Bam Adebayo? Because I don't think you can move. I don't think if you're Miami, you can move any of those guys. I think you would just not get Damian Lillard if that were the case. But um, everything else, I think, would be available. I don't know if that's enough, but would you not? That's not the question. Would you just do that in order to got, kind of get your big three? I think the answer is pretty clearly yes. I mean, from everything we've seen historically from Pat Riley, he's not waiting. And I think this is – we've made the comparison to 2006 because there was an upgrade. You trade away Goran Dragic and you get Kyle Lowry. And so everybody sees this roster being comparable to the 2005-2006 team. I think this is more like the 2004-2005 team where you're kind Mm -hmm. of first setting the table and saying, okay, this is what we've got. Is this enough now that we've got BAM? in year four or five now, I guess, in his career, and being able to take another leap. We've got Jimmy here, year three, under contract in Miami. We are acquiring Kyle. Is this enough? And if it's not, then we better hurry up because that window is shutting quickly, particularly as we're continuing to see Jimmy pile up injury after injury. We don't have a lot of time to be taking advantage of Jimmy at his peak. And right now, he is a top 10, maybe top 15-ish player, depending on your point of view. But that's going to slowly... Yes, exactly. But slowly, that's going to start to creep down to the 20s and 30s. And next thing you know, he might be out altogether. And so So then you've got to make that move now. Then the follow sort of the next part in that decision, uh, you know, tree would be can Bam out of bio be that guy for you? Maybe not necessarily now, but as Jimmy kind of goes from top 10 to top 20 to top 30 to top 40, by the time Bam is top 30, for example, is Bam a top 10 guy? Could he be that guy? Look, they have said there's no ceiling on him, and we haven't watched mm-hmm. him play in quite a while. I still oh, yeah. believe that the, there is no ceiling on Bam Adebayo. If a guy like Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic could be that guy, I have no reason why to think that Bam Adebayo couldn't. I mean, if a cent- if those centers can, why can't this center be one uh, with, the, with his skill set and the way that he plays uh, and where the game is going, most certainly? I don't know. And then the other part of that is if we continue down this decision tree is 
what do you make of Tyler Hero? Because kind of what I didn't say, the unspoken thing that I basically just said in the Damian Lillard question was, would you trade Tyler Hero and whatever else for Damian Lillard? Kind of same question to you, David. Would you trade Tyler Hero and whatever else, protecting Jimmy and Bam, for Bradley Beal? Would you do it for Beal or Ben Simmons? Uh, not Ben Simmons. I think they have enough defensively between the Jimmy right. and Bam duo, but I think, yes, certainly for Beal because that's you a would much do it more for proven commodity. I, I, not I, but Pat Riley absolutely would. I think would you? He, I, no, I would not. But again, but this is my problem. My problem is also one I like the youth and one I, I don't care about titles as much as 95% of the fan base. Yeah, that's you true. Know? You're anti-championship. The I'm real not winning is just the competing. <laughs> I'm not the anti-championship. Look, man, I've been at this too long to just ignore chemistry and fun and everything else like that. So, I, you know, to me, I look at this group. They're going to compete. They're going to be great. Uh, I like the way that they're building for things. Does Bradley Beal immediately make them that much better? I would argue that Pat Riley does believe that's the case. I, I think and Beal would make you marginally better. I think he would mm-hmm. move the needle. I don't think he would move it enough. Like, Beal's not one of those top 10 guys. Yeah, uh, you're not never, getting an even swap be. here. Right. It, it's not a yeah it's a hero for Beal isn't an even swap but I don't think it makes you so much better that you're like all right now we're a title team I think if you have and and the amount of like it wouldn't just be hero for Beal straight up right. I would presume That's it would thing. be all yeah. this other stuff could. so I actually think you could be worse in right. a weird way potentially right so no, no, um I don't think I would do it I don't think I would do it for Beal I think there's also an opportunity cost argument like you just hold on to your chips until maybe something like Damian Lillard is a realistic option and viable or you just keep this going and just say, all right, how good can Tyler and Bam be? And maybe that's really our championship window, not Jimmy. And Jimmy just kind of keeps us in the mix for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the basic argument is, do you have the superstars already in place? And I don't know if Miami feels that they do. I, I think that they kind of are leaning that between the fact that you have two 20, top 25 guys. It kind of puts you in the same category, at least close enough so that yeah. basically your strength is, again, your strength is... Three through ten on this roster is better than your other your opponents three through ten. And if that given the case, I like Miami's chances. I don't know. It's it's a tough call. There's no exact recipe for winning, especially during this season. We don't even know how health and safety protocols could potentially jeopardize or throw a playoff exactly. series off kilter. What if all of a sudden you're going up against Giannis and Giannis and the Bucks are up two games to zero over Miami or any team, and all of a sudden Giannis goes into health and safety protocols? Then the NBA will just keep letting Giannis play like they did in the finals. But no, yeah. but it's, it's again, going back to the original point, all you could do if you're the Heat, or really any team, because there's no guaranteed winner this year, uh, give yourself a chance, because you never know what's going to happen. And the Heat have done that. Yeah. Well, speaking of getting a chance, we'll continue answering some more questions later on the show. But first of all, if you're an NBA fanatic, and if you're listening to this show or watching it on YouTube, then you're absolutely an NBA fanatic. Have you heard about prize picks? Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Prize picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market offering more NBA props than anywhere else and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. All of your users that deposit and use the promo code NBA will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use that promo code NBA. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prizepicks is daily fantasy made easy. 
There's a sound that I'm looking for. Oh, that's the sound I'm looking for. That's the sound I love some more. It's a sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs and resources once reserved for big businesses. So upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibilities. Believe me, this podcast started out selling all kinds of different things, you know, and now we're selling, well, McDonald's recently and all sorts of great products that you should all be checking out. Like mine, Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. <laughs> Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash MBA, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get a full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash MBA right now. That's shopify.com slash MBA. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. As always, please make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get it on YouTube or on your favorite podcast app. All content is always free and available, so make sure you check that out. If you want to subscribe to our YouTube channel, you'll get the show before you get it anywhere else on podcast form. So that's an extra incentive. So please continue to subscribe. So many of you have over the last couple of months. Look, we've only been at this for two months. And you know what? We're kicking ass. Thanks to you. So much of you supporting us and always following the show. Uh, we really, really do appreciate it. This next question comes in from Bamonte. In an expansion team like Redraft, he asks, if Miami's able to protect seven players and their contracts, who are they looking to fit in, locking in, excuse me, to finish the season, provided it for some reason happened in midseason? So there's a lot to break yeah. down in Bamonte's question here. But so, basically, we're looking at this as an expansion type draft. Yeah, and I actually thought we could take it another step, like just drafting the the players in the heat. Like if you're the front office and this were to happen and you, you know, the Seattle Supersonics come back in the middle of the season and you're like, all right, I guess we're doing this. uh, You would kind of do your own little draft with your own roster, wouldn't you? And so um, I think the number one pick would be Bam Adebayo. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So just that's easy. Number two would be Jimmy Butler. Right? Yeah, I... I guess it's you between could him and Tyler. It is. That's the that's the argument. And it's like, yeah. you know, how how soon can you fill up the rest of this roster with that player? Like you you look, we're looking at teams like Oklahoma City and others kind of packing it in. They've been tanking for a long, prolonged period of time in the hope of getting the player. You've already got that player on the roster in Jimmy Butler. You've got another ancillary complimentary player in Tyler, too. So you're already ahead of the game. Can you afford to lose one in an expansion type draft? Maybe you expose Jimmy Butler and see if Seattle's willing to take on what potentially becomes a $50 million salary in 25, 26. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the kind of hope there. It's like if you're looking at it from a financial perspective, you go, you know what? We're going to leave Jimmy exposed. No hard feelings. We love what he's done and what he's brought to the table here in Miami. But you know what? If Seattle wants a superstar, they want to pay 38-year-old Jimmy Butler $50 million, hats off to you. I hear everything you're saying, and it makes logical sense, uh, and I agree. Except I just you just can't let a top ten player get away. You just can't. If you have one, you can't do it. Can Tyler Hero become that kind of player? Sure, absolutely. Why not? Uh, more likely than not, he's not that. He never is as good as Jimmy Butler is. Um, Jimmy Butler was never supposed to be as good as Jimmy Butler was or is, uh, but he is. 
And so you just can't let him go. I hear everything you're saying. You're absolutely right. It's a, it's a very fair argument. And if you were Pat Riley and you made that argument, I'd probably say, all right, you're the boss. Go ahead. But uh, you just can't let a top 10 player go. You can't even risk it. So I have Jimmy and then Tyler is number three to me. Yeah. But those are a pretty clear top three. And after that, yeah. I think it gets sort of interesting. You could really start, I think, to overthink this. You go, all right, what do you do with Duncan Robinson and, and a guy like Victor Oladipo or P.J. Tucker on a value? Just save Kyle Lowry. Don't overthink this. I know he's old. I know the contract doesn't look great in the next few years. I don't care. He's still an all-star caliber point guard. Save Kyle Lowry. Any disagreement with there? No, I think it's the same argument, though. I, I See, when I saw this question come in, I looked at it specifically as, as the expansion-type draft, not even kind of a, an internal redraft of the roster. So I'm kind of right. like I forced to have a paradigm shift in mid-question here. But if you're looking at it from that perspective of an expansion draft, like which player do you leave exposed? And maybe we'll save that. For Is that after how that works? Like you just go through like a whole round, like everybody protects one player and then Seattle yeah. gets to go around. No, yeah. not you. You, Yeah. You have, you have to leave at least one player exposed is basically how it works out. And that's that, you know, they have that option of being able to choose that player. You, you can expose as many as you want to, but you have to at the very least have one exposed and they can only take one from your team. So they can't take Duncan and so Kyle. So the Heat could just leave, call it Gabe Vincent exposed, and then they could just protect everybody else and be fine. In theory, yeah, but why, okay, yeah. Well, so then why we don't, do they do we don't really have to do this this redraft the way I'm doing it. Yeah, you just take set your top seven. So really, it's Bam, Jimmy, Tyler, Lowry. I think those are your automatics. I think that some Heat fans would be like, "Let Duncan Robinson go. He's making 15 million a year and whatever." And even in the question that we got, it says, "And the salary." It makes a point to point out the contracts. Duncan Robinson, I know that people don't think he's worth $15 million, but having a contract at $15 million on your books is so valuable. Having that sort of middle-tier contract that you're able to use in a trade, because you can't trade Bam, Jimmy, or or Kyle, not on those salaries. You, you I think what? Duncan Robinson is a lock to protect in your top I, th- I hate to I hate to interrupt here, but I misspoke. The reality here, I'm rechecking these rules. You can protect up to eight players that are currently on the roster, but again, there's right. some stipulations there. They can't be impending free agents or anything like that because then basically you're not protecting anything. It's just, you know, do you want to sign our free agent? They're available to sign there anyway. As, right. uh, I guess know, if it's like mid-season, right. then it would be then different everybody, in this weird, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, weird scenario. All right, so we're picking seven. Um all right, Bam, Jimmy, Tyler, Kyle, Duncan. I think those are locks. After that, I would protect PJ. I don't want to lose him. Nope. And then I, I think, uh, and then I think you're, and then I think it's between Oladipo, Dwayne Dedman, and Omi Erdsvin. As good as Caleb Martin has played, Gabe Vincent, Max Drews. Sorry, it's yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, and then I go Victor Oladipo only because you're not taking Dedman and Yurtsevin. So even if you take one of them, I'm still left with a backup center. So I take Oladipo, and then I still have one of my backup centers, and that's how I do it. Yeah. So I guess Seattle is welcome to take any of Kizi Ukpala or yeah. Omer Yurt Seven. I mean, that's that's a nice foundational piece, right? I mean, that's that's, that's the way a, it works. That's a player. Out. Yeah. <laughs> it sure is. It's somebody you can get there. Hopefully, they have Eric Spolster as their head coach at Seattle. I mean, maybe you can continue to go back to the Pacific Northwest. An interesting question. I'm sure we probably, or at least I botched that answer completely. But uh, let's move on. This next one comes in from our old fan and friend, Philly NBA, uh, Philly Heat NBA, excuse me, Sean Rochester, not with Five Reasons Sports. If the Heat can only keep one of these two on a two-year minimum deal after the season, who do you keep, Marcus Garrett or Kyle Guy? Mm-hmm. A kind of a variation of a question that we keep getting is like, well, which one of these 10-day guys is the one that you're most willing to keep? And yeah. I think it's an interesting one because Garrett, 
and Guy, kind of opposite end of the spectrum here, right? I mean, Garrett, more of a strong defender. Guy, not at all, but a hell of a scorer. So which one would you be more willing to keep on a two-year minimum deal? I'm going to be quick with this. I don't know. It's too soon. Kyle Guy has not even played 100 minutes, and that's even after uh, tonight's game in Portland. He won't play 100 minutes uh, with Miami. Marcus Garrett has played 128 minutes last I checked. Um, and Kyle Guy st- still in those minutes have, has scored more points to Marcus Garrett, to your point. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. I haven't seen enough of both of them or of either of them to to, to answer this question. I don't really have a take on this. Yeah, it's it's tough, right? I, I think... I mean, with Guy, he, he's been on the Kings roster. He played, what, 36 games with the Kings at one point. So it's not like he doesn't have NBA experience. And I hate to say that he's kind of a proven commodity also, but I'm just not sure how he's going to be able to make up for some obvious glaring deficiencies in yeah. his size, defensively, et cetera. Maybe he can improve. We've seen that. Uh, but at the same time, I'm just not sure that he's going to be able to take that leap. And, and he's Garrett, a little redundant of some of the guys that the Heat have when they're healthy. Right. So my pick? probably Garrett and that's not a knock on guy at all who I think is a great player and can carve out a role for himself at the NBA level just not necessarily with this team he might not be the best fit for Miami you know and we talk about this all the time you know some guys are just for not for Miami and vice versa in this case guy could latch on to a team that's looking for some punch off the bench and, and I think he could absolutely provide that in the future uh this next question comes in from Kyle Russell Caleb Martin has shown he's a rotational level player, something we've talked about a lot. At the very least for the regular season, do you think he is a playoff rotation player or could he be more matchup dependent? Great question. Yeah, so I think we kind of lump play we we kind of just you know paint with a large brush here what a playoff rotation player is and there's different kinds of playoff rotations, right? You have your first round playoff rotation, which I would argue is basically the same as your regular season rotation. You tighten it up a little bit in the second round, and if you're fortunate enough to make it to the conference finals, then you're really starting to talk about a NBA finals type of rotation of your top eight or nine guys. Um, I would argue that Caleb Martin is a first-round playoff rotation guy, depending on the matchup, but he absolutely could play in those games. And maybe, again, depending on the matchup, a second-round rotation guy, I don't think he's much further than that. Why? Well, like, I'm curious, like, why, what's the argument for why he couldn't get some minutes in the Eastern Conference Finals or NBA Finals? I mean, he could. I don't think it'd be ideal. But, uh, look, he's developed as an on-ball stopper here. The mm-hmm. performance against Steph Curry is going to go on his highlight reel at the end of the season. That's going on his resume. Sure. But Absolutely. Uh, I we got to see if that's true. or Because Steph missed a bunch of sh- open shots he usually makes, including layups. Um, so we'll see, right? But you, I, you love the effort. You love the energy. He's recognizing things. That br- I have a whole Twitter thread about this, about how he's recognizing switches yeah. and all this stuff. But he's still got a ways to go on that end. Um, but you like to see the energy. He's crazy athletic. Uh, but look, um, he's not huge. So in certain mm-hmm. matchups, that could be a, a problem because I don't think he's an, an, an enough of a ball handler to play out on the he's perimeter not. all the time. He's not. And no. so, and, and then defensively again, like, He's somebody who I think if you're an opponent and you're really looking at something to pick at on Miami and he's on the floor, I think he could still be a guy that you pick at a little bit, you know, just because of his inexperience and and lack of size in certain matchups. So I don't know. I I think that there's just more experience on this roster that you would prefer to go to later in the playoffs. How about this? 
Gabe Vincent is Gabe Vincent, so that's a different question, I suppose. But let's say Oladipo comes back and he doesn't bounce back as uh, well as we'd like right. him to. Then you probably need to, uh, Caleb Martin. Yeah, that's fair. And I, look, I, I I know that there's concerns, and given Spolster's history, he's not going to go to Caleb Martin. He's going to go situationally in, in, his, you know, in case that Jimmy gets hurt or if he gets into foul trouble, which it seems very unlikely, then yes, you go with Depot. And if Depot's not 100%, then yes, you go with Caleb. So there's a chance there, but by and large, that's just not how Spo operates. He does. We already saw this with Derek Jones Jr. in the bubble, right? He plays those first couple of rounds, and then he's out of the rotation. How about this for our second question? Is Caleb Martin better than Derek Jones Jr.? Because I would say he is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty clear, right? He can shoot from beyond three feet of the basket. He's better. That's yeah, kind of harsh, but yeah, fair <laughs> also. Like I, th- that's the truth. I, look, he's mostly a catch and shoot guy. That's fine, but he can create off the bounce. He can certainly attack the basket. He plays above the rim. Uh, you know, hasn't been asked to pass, but that's just not his game. He's just attacking the basket. He's going to finish one way or the other. He's probably going to dunk it on your head in the process. So I, I, I like Caleb Martin, the potential there. I, I'd want to give him that opportunity, and I hope Spo does too. But I hope you know, they bring we'll, him up to the regular season roster before the regular season ends too, so you can lock him up. To one of these like Miami Heat specials, these like yeah. two year minimums and stuff. I, I think they should probably do yeah. that. I look Miami, you know that front office. We doubt them anymore. They know what they're doing. Whether it's got, picking up a guy like Omer Yurtsevin or even a couple of years ago Kendrick Nunn, etc. They they know what they're doing a lot better than all the Twitter GMs out there put together. So if they think that he has potential and there's a way of bringing him on there and saving a buck here, they're they're absolutely going to find a way to do it. And I think conversely. From Martin's perspective, and again, and this is speculation, but given the way he's talked about this team and how happy he is here, and you know, just in conversations I've had with him, it seems like he's really bought into what he culture is. I think he'd love to be back and continue to build on what he's established here. And the fact that they gave him a chance for the two-way contract when nobody else had to, I think that speaks volumes. But we'll we'll put a pin on the show. We'll answer some more questions in the next segment regarding a potential first round matchup with the Miami Heat and Cleveland Cavaliers. But first, just a reminder that this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy, gar- candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars that can be, well, not, not great, let's just say from a taste perspective. These are soft easy to chew, 100% covered in real chocolate, and so many delicious flavors that you won't miss any of the things that you might be potentially giving up as part of your resolution. So if you're looking for a snack, if you're just looking for a way to kind of tide you over between meals, if you're looking for something to fuel a workout, then Built Bar is a solution for the, for you. And again, you can get a mixed box box with all of their best flavors, so many different ones to choose from. You can assort, you know, different assortment of flavors, and you can just give some out, keep some for yourself. Again, help yourself out. It's a new year. Treat yourself. Why not? And get, go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off, but only at built.com. Just a reminder, you can always reach us via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and as always, leave a review. And thank you so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Our last segment here in our part two of a mailbag episode, this one comes from our pal Pete who writes in, now that we're into the new year and we are hovering around the fourth and fifth seed with the Cleveland Cavaliers, we need to prepare for that possible first round matchup, which I am sure Spo is already doing. Do you think we have all the horses needed 
for that Cavs matchup. So first of all, Wes, I'm curious. Do you really think Spoh is already no. preparing for a first round matchup? Yeah, no. I, I, I don't think so. I think no, he's no. got way too much on his plate <laughs> trying to juggle Kyle Guy minutes and stuff like that. So <laughs> right. I, I, yeah, I don't know uh, if you can look ahead. I, I, I like I like the appreciation of Eric Spolster in the question, but it's yeah. ridiculous. You don't prepare we're, for a playoff game. We're, we're big believers, but not quite there yet. I'm sure. Yeah. Look, not to discount a completely. Like they're scouting. There's constant scouting. They constant, know exactly what's happening. Yeah, that's happening, but not just you know, uh, not looking ahead to matchups just yet. But well, anyway, and, do we have the horses for a Cavs matchup? Well, I think if, to, to that point, you look at the standings. Philly, as we're recording this, won four straight games. They're ahead of Cleveland. They have the five seed right now. In a four-five yeah. matchup, it would be Miami and Philly. So I think Philadelphia could be right there. They still have a move to make potentially if they move Ben Simmons, that could bolster their uh, group going into the playoffs. And maybe you look at some of the things going on in Cleveland with the injuries that they have most recently to Ricky Rubio. I'm not sure Rajon Rondo. I think it was a good deal for them to make. I, I just don't think he can fill those shoes necessarily. No, but no. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if Cleveland can hang on. Uh, I think Rubio was a big part of what they did. Um, yeah. but, and, and they, they could still potentially make a trade. Kevin Love has sort of found some value. I don't know if that's maybe a move that they consider making, right? Um, since they're more rebuilding and maybe you can get some, something as far as a future asset for Love in return. But that said, the same, it kind of goes the same way for Cavs or Philly. I love that Cavs team. I'm a big believer in what they do. I said the last time that these teams played really cool what they're building Mm-hmm. kind of a first-rounded-out team. And then in our comments, Cavaliers fans oh. found us and then just ripped me apart. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm like, all right, you think Darius Garland and Evan Mobley and, and as 22-year-olds and 18-year-olds are going to lead you to the finals? Cool. Great. Congrats. Like, it, it seems like you're, you've got really good, reasonable expectations. But, um, yeah, I just think that if it's Cleveland or Philly, you still, you're looking at a size disadvantage if you're Miami so I think you need to utilize your passing. I think Miami's one of the best passing teams in the league when healthy. Your off-ball movement, your ball movement in general, uh, and, and your speed, right? You just think about, you can go 2006 Florida Marlins, or, or uh, not 2006, 2003 Florida Marlins, New York Yankees. Wow. Short game, use your speed, play good defense, get all over the field, in this instance, the court. I think that's how you beat a team like Philly and Cleveland is you just make them run. You just make them run. You stretch them out. Uh, you force Larry Markin into defending space because he can't, and uh, and then you and you pressure the rim that way as opposed to trying to play bully ball, which Miami does a lot with Jimmy Butler and Bam in that mid range and, and Kyle Lowry getting to the basket. But we've seen recently that they also have the three ball on their side, and I think you kind of lean into that kind of stuff. I appreciate stopping and appreciating Juan Pierre in the middle of the yes. Miami Heat podcast. So that's Luis Castillo, uh, that's Derek Lee, Miguel Cabrera before he was fat. <laughs> Who? I don't, I don't recall <laughs> fat Miggy though. That never happened. Uh, yeah. Good team anyway. But uh, you know, you see, Actually, that's the team. I, I appreciate Yeah. I appreciated that team before they won the championship that they were able yes. to actually take that leap. You know, that's, that's all part of the process. It's the growth here. Oh, well, maybe I shouldn't say process considering a matchup against the Sixers. Moves <laughs> large in our future. Look, I don't know. There's so much that can happen between now and then. To Pete's question, do we have the horses to compete with Cleveland? I think so. I, yeah. I think we have the I think we have the horses to compete with Philadelphia, too. I think they're a little bit more dangerous for obvious reasons. That matchup with Embiid is the most crucial. But, you know, I, I think Bam does a fairly good job of limiting what he can do. I think you can find a way to get Jimmy going. And I think, uh, you know, Kyle makes up for a lot. I, I I think Miami is a better team than Philadelphia. I think that's pretty clear. Even with Ben Simmons, if he does wind up coming back, uh, you know, if they 
welcome him with open arms. I, I still think Miami's chances against Philadelphia are pretty good. Uh, to your yeah, point the about the Gats, Philly is okay. you just force anybody but Joel Embiid to beat you. And we've seen every year in the playoffs, whether whoever plays Philly, that that tends to work. Yeah, and we're looking at you too, Bias Harris. Not not a knock, you know. We love you, but uh, well, I don't know if you're necessarily going to carry the Sixers in a seven round game series against Miami. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the only teams that really scare me at this point in time, I'd have to say, are the Nets and Bucks, just because yeah. of their proven commodities. Uh, you know, even Chicago, and this is another team that has the kind of same fervor being built up in their fan base. It's like, oh, we're good now. We're twenty five and ten. We're totally going to kick ass all the way to the NBA Finals. And I don't, I don't know. I mean. The argument is DeRozan in the playoffs, not necessarily, again, proven. Can you count on Nikola Vucevic? I mean, has Zach Levine even tasted the playoffs at this point? You know, right. Barely. Uh, yeah, so it's not – they don't they have, have a lot depth to issues. Uh, I think yeah. I think Chicago is another one of these teams that has a move to make at the deadline, and if they do – like, they're a really interesting Jeremy Grant team, right? Like, you just push yeah. all your chips in and go get him. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I will rephrase what you said as far as teams that scare you. I'll, the only teams that are just clearly better – then Miami, I think, are Milwaukee and Brooklyn. And then after that, I just I think the Heat are either better than some of these other teams or right on the same level in the case of Chicago. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. All right. Well, that does it for our ep- Well, actually, you know what? We've got one bonus question. I mean, we don't Let's really do have time. You want to we'll answer do it? it? We'll make it quick. All right. This one comes in from Mia. What's the best way to cut a sandwich? Diagonally or straight down the middle? Wes, I'll leave this one up to you. So in most cases, 99.9% of the time, diagonally. For sure. Just you're an adult, cut it diagonally. It's not hard. Um, the only time where this is not the case, this is that 0.01% okay. is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich made with creamy peanut butter, not crunchy. And you want to cut this one now straight away because now you get a little bit more crust in mm. each of those bites. And I think mm-hmm. that crust, if for whatever reason you're using creamy peanut butter, if you're using creamy peanut butter, we have to have a separate conversation and fix mm-hmm. that right away. But I think you cut that straight because now you have a little bit more crust and a little bit more texture because if you cut it long ways and you're getting or, or diagonally, I'm sorry, and now you have all that like soft surface area, then you're just getting mm-hmm. a soft bite. I mean, you might as well be eating a marshmallow at that point. You don't want to do that. You want to eat a sandwich. And so if you need to add texture to that sandwich in the case of, for example, a creamy peanut butter and jelly sandwich, then mm-hmm. I think you cut it straight and you get a little bit more crust in those bites. Um, if you're If you're really aggressive with this sandwich you can pretty much nail like th- that kind in two bites and have you know in with that kind of cut can't do that in a, in a diagonal cut so mostly diagonal in rare cases you would go straight i wouldn't rule it out i like that you just said you were gonna you know go quick on this and then that was as took fast a deep as I could sigh do. yeah it took a deep <laughs> sigh and we're like you know what I've, I've prepared for this moment my whole life this is my calling this is why i'm here this is why i began my career in podcasting just to answer questions like this nick uh, let's do closer. locked on sandwiches i want locked on 2003 marlins and i want locked on sandwiches those are the two those are shows very specific to. topics and yes i would subscribe to both of those instantly uh full disclosure mia that question actually came in from my wife uh she is a oh. well yeah she is yeah this, this is the reason why she was making grilled cheese for my son and she was making for lunch over the weekend, uh, and then she cut it down the middle, and I was like in horror, like the look on my face. My mouth wow. dropped. I was just, I was, yeah, not happy with that. The next afternoon, he asked for it again, and she made it again, and he made a grilled cheese sandwich. And before she even took the knife out of the drawer, I boxed her out completely uh, and, and just was like, I cannot allow this aberration to stand. This is terrible. And I just cut it diagonally, and he was like, you know what, Dad? 
I prefer it this way. He could dip his sandwich in soups. It's much better that way. So you're right. I can understand the the creamy PB and J perspective, yes. but all, overall diagonally, that's the way. And and she way insists on going down the middle, and that's just like I don't. If I had known this years ago, I don't know if I'd be here right now, to be honest with you. It's like a major sticking point. I was about to ask. I mean, if you yeah. another divorce proceedings happening. Soon, Wes. Soon. I'll tell you that much. Anyway, but you know, in the off chance that I don't get divorced, thank you so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Remember that every episode is always free and available wherever you get the show. So make sure you subscribe to get the best coverage available. Make sure to also check out Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop. For all your gambling needs, this is David Ramel signing off for now. Thanks so much for joining me, Wes. Stay safe there.